0: A Mount Rowdy explosion on the show yesterday in the 9 o'clock hour. Our 6 and 7 and 8 o'clock hour listeners missed it. Rowdy, uh, over, by the way, good morning, but over the Milwaukee Brewers, I heard after the weekend that was against the St. Louis Cardinals, where I, I know you guys talked about it yesterday, but you know, losing you know, the series against the Cardinals and now losing last night against the L.A. Dodgers. Now I heard there was a big Mount Rowdy explosion yesterday on the show before the Brewers would eventually lose to the Dodgers last night. Catch me up. And the 6 o'clock listeners, what happened yesterday with Mount Rowdy? Just basically going off on the
1: Brewers for being a bunch of losers
0: and (laughs) calling out anyone that ever carries
1: water or tries to spin it in a positive light, that I just question your your IQ. Because at this point, there's absolutely (laughs) no way that you can spin this in a positive light for what they did at the deadline and how they're playing currently. And some of the things that they've been doing recently... Unless
0: you work for the Brewers or or they are pay, they're on your... Well, you'd be on their payroll because they'd be paying you off. Or unless you're like blind, deaf, and dumb. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, okay, I get it. And I get it.
1: Man, if, if you're still carrying water for this team... So there was a tweet that I actually saw oh, over wait, the we weekend. We yeah, 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 yeah. And I wanted to send it to you and RJ, but I decided to hold off because, you know what? I'm just not going to go there. But, well, let's, let's hear it. Let but I'll, it.
0: I'll send it to you now. Yeah, please do. I'll, I'll have to oh, find yeah. it. All right, go find it. Uh, as you do that, I'll just talk about this really quick. Last night, the Milwaukee Brewers get blanked. They lose 4-0 to, to the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, let's see here. The Brewers had four hits last night, one error. The Dodgers did have six hits. A couple of those, some dingers, though. As Freddie Peralta gave one, dude, I am so sick of Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman is a Milwaukee Brewers killer, huh? Because he's good. Well, yeah, and he just happens to, you know, remember last year in the playoffs when he was with the Braves against the Brewers, and then also you have Gavin Lux hitting a two run shot off a Wisconsin boy. Yeah, where's Gavin Lux is from Kenosha, Kenosha. That's where it was. Gavin Lux, a Wisconsin boy, is telling his Wisconsin team to get up, get out of here, gone with his dinger off of a Hobie Milner. Yeah. But Freddie Peralta, four innings, two hits, one earned run, struck out three. And one of those uh, run actually was Freddie Freeman. I actually thought they were lucky to be that close. The The, Brewers didn't do anything.
1: The, the Brewers only managed four hits. They didn't play great defense. Obviously they had one unearned run up there Mm -hmm. and Freddie Peralta was able to work out of a jam I know the Brewers early on put a few guys on and, and had Arias in a jam, but he worked out of that. After those first couple innings, Brewers offensively Stuck. did not do a whole lot. Stuck. And once again, that team sucks against left-handed pitching.
0: Yeah, the Brewers just the Brewers are tough. man two games back now of the uh, Cardinals for first place in the NL Central, and they have three more games against the LA Dodgers. Uh, by the way, the Dodgers one of the best in the majors. Three more games against the L.A. Dodgers for your Milwaukee Brewers. Um, How are we feeling? Uh, Rowdy, catch me up on Monday. How are we feeling after the loss to the Cardinals about the chances of winning the NL Central? Not great.
1: Um, (laughs) Not great, Bob. FanDuel, as of yesterday, had updated their NL Central odds to where the Cardinals were coming in with implied odds roughly around 70% to win the Central. But, I mean, that was a key... That was a key series over the weekend. It was 6-6 heading into it. It was a three-game set. You're now trailing 8-7 to seven with four games left, and there's no more game 163, so it comes down to season series and yeah. tiebreaker. You now have to go 3-1 and one if you want to own the tiebreaker with St. Louis in the last four games. So good luck doing that.
0: And is that going to be... That's Adam, no, that's at Busch Stadium. There's... There's, it, I think it's two two game series. Yeah, they have a, yep they have a two game series at Bush, and then at the end during the, the end of the year, there's a two game series at American Family Field late September, uh, before the season concludes against them, the if Marlins. The, if and the, the Brewers let
1: this next two weeks get away from them, which they very likely could, yeah. playing seven games against the Dodgers here in the next ten days. It might not even matter what the hell they have for a schedule coming up with St. Louis towards the end of September. They might already be done by the last couple of weeks or or have like some minute shot. I I tweeted out last night that uh, when I saw the Brewers lineup, I kind of just was like, really? Beside yourself a little bit? I go, this was the tweet I had. Imagine claiming to be a serious team and then batting Mike Brasso
0: ahead of Hunter
1: Renfro in a run production <laughs> spot.
0: <laughs> and Renfro's been hitting pismas. I mean, Renfro's been good. Mike Brasso is Mike And then Brasso. I we did, can't say his name right.
1: I did have one person tweet at me and said, this is why. And it ranked the Brewers hitters against uh, left-handed pitching OPS-wise. Yeah. And Mike Brasso was number one. So I guess that's why. But so then, they'll guess, play the
0: numbers there, but not the no, other. No, 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 no. This, this is one second. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I'm, just, I'm Mike Brasso the
1: had the best OPS and numbers against left-handed pitching. That that was like the little screenshot that he sent me. This is why. Who do you think number two was? Renfro. Renfro, <laughs> <And> <laughs> then, who plays a then, lot more, and then, and then and then then get this. Who would you want over a hundred and sixty-two game span? Mike Brasso, who's basically been a utility player or a quadruple A player at this point. With the Rays, basically his entire career until Uh, Milwaukee. I know. Or Hunter Renfro, a guy that's hit like thirty home
0: runs, four or five times. Can I answer the question? Hunter Renfro. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Mike Brasso is a freaking utility player.
1: Hunter Renfro plays every day, Uh, and he still has for a guy for a guy that's playing every day. Clearly has been your best sitter. Clearly has been your best against lefties. Get out of here with your nonsense. Mike Brasso plays nonsense. like 100 games a year, but he's the best against lefties. Okay. If I, I tweeted back at the guy, I go <laughs> let Brasso play a full season for 600 at bats. And I think you'd agree with me in a heartbeat.
0: Um, he didn't come back with another fancy little stat of like some kind of minuscule sample size. He
1: actually did. He responded. I was saying why he was in that spot. Very similar numbers against lefties, and he is far better to this point. I'm like, dude,
0: get out of here. Again, blind, deaf, and dumb, I think, routing.
1: But that's that's somebody that's trying to carry water for the Brewers and justify everything that they do because Milwaukee Brewers, uh, the owner, general manager, and manager... Can never and will never ever do anything wrong. They've actually never screwed up or been wrong in their lives.
0: Well, I think those fans just like the fact that they maybe sneak into the playoffs and then they can get like a brewer's wild card shirt or a brewer's I don't I don't they're gonna win the NL Central this year, but a brewers playoff appearance shirt, and then they can hang it up in their claws and say, We did it, Mark Mark Adonazio. we made it again to the playoffs. I was able to you go know, I get thought drunk about this in the, the parking other lot, day, one you extra know. time.
1: So I have like Brewers gear, right? Like I have like the old 1982 older logo. I have like a Sunday fun day logo. I have probably a handful of Brewer shirts. And then I look at the Wisconsin Badger shirts that I own. And, you you know, you got your red Wisconsin Bucky, your red W kind of like your basic uh, outfit. And then I look at the I look at the um, shirts that I still own. And it's like, okay, well, one was for like a Big Ten championship where they won the Big Ten or uh, another one was when they went the twelve and zero season before yeah. the Big Ten, and yeah. it was like their best regular season in like forever, and it was like big things like that. Yeah, totally. I do not own many Green Bay Packers shirts. Like you have the the green and gold like standard Green yeah, Bay like, Packer, yeah, like just but it's just the logo, just the G so like or Packers. the Packers. Packers, yeah. yeah. And it's it's you, not like then you have a super Signifying Bowl. anything. Yeah, a team. I have a Super Bowl shirt. And I look around, and now some of them don't fit because I'm not that small anymore well, compared was, to when they, 12, you know, some 12, of the stuff. But 12 all, years ago, you know, all of the NFC North championships or don't the wild card stuff, don't, like whatever, don't, don't own any own it. of it. I refuse. I would never of it. buy it. But yet we buy it for the Brewers because it's something.
0: Well, that's, that's a good point, Rowdy. I don't buy NFC North like division champions. No, not for me. Uh, the only time I've ever bought Packers swag when they've won something was. The Super Bowls like how
1: I said this yesterday to Ben Kenny. It's like there's a part of me that doesn't even want the Brewers to make the playoffs <laughs> because then they can't put it in your face and be like, see, oh, we've oh. been competitive. We've made, we've made it again. to the playoffs five seven years, years in a row. row. Do you think they'll, they'll have like, a five? I don't give a crap
0: anymore. Do you think if they make the playoffs this year, it'll be like five years in a row. You're Milwaukee Brewers. First time ever franchise history makes playoffs.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, at what point, how many years down the road no, thank you. do we have to get to before it's like, are you not wanting more than just making the postseason?
0: Well, Rowdy, they still celebrate the 1982 team. So, I mean, that's, that's what. I That's well, forty years then ago. Then I was
1: telling Ben this. I go because he's like, uh, you know, he thought Sounds I was like always, you and
0: Ben were butting heads yesterday.
1: Is, he thinks like everyone's overreacting and that you, you know, you have to be realistic. Yet he sits here and cries about how the Phillies haven't made it to the postseason in a decade.
0: I'm like, when I was in junior, <laughs>
1: when I was in like middle school through like early high school, those Philly teams were stacked. Yeah, you had one of the best teams in baseball. In fact, they beat the Brewers one year for like a five five, seven year span with all those great players that they had. And he goes, well, I guess I'm like, yeah, guess what? In Brewers history, we had 1982, 2011 and 2018. That's three effing years and 50
0: plus seasons. I go, you had like five to seven years, literally just a decade ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, you bring up a really good point when it comes to the Brewers. Like I don't, I won't buy NL Central champion. Shirt but I guarantee or hat. you, in,
1: I in 2008, when CC Sabathia came, which loved the trade,
0: yeah, awesome phenomenal. Time, very got exciting. people
1: excited in Milwaukee. I guarantee you, if they would have busted out the NL, uh, you know, the NL Wild Card, Milwaukee Brewers yeah. with the logo in like the 2008 year, yeah. a ton of people would have bought it.
0: Oh my god, for sure! just because it's so exciting, right? That I would have bought a shirt if CC Sabathia. You know, like the '90s caricature shirts. Like I know the Bucks kind of brought them back out, and they won the championship. By the way, I did. I I bought a Bucks championship T-shirt last year. By the way, no, but Rowdy, yeah, because you, never, you might never see it again. Because yeah, it, it took 50 years. I'm only 34 years old. But Rowdy, if they would have uh, made uh, those '90s character shirt, shirts with CC Sabathia, like I be- think the tweet was deleted. Oh, really? I was gonna say you've been looking at for that thing for a while. It's CC Sabathia rocking uh, the entire team on his back, and they're all the '90s like big heads, tiny bodies caricatures. I would have totally rocked the CC Sabathia Brewers making the playoffs appearance shirt with CC carrying the entire team on his back. Yep, that's confirmed. Tweet was definitely deleted. What would it say?
1: It was a so after well, the I wanted to see this tweet. So after the Milwaukee Brewers had beaten the Cardinals came back and Wainwright threw a gem and then ended up losing. And he, he's someone that has to be quite upset after (laughs) that game. It was something along the lines of let's see now how the brewer fans react. um, After this St. Louis series, basically calling out all the fans that say they've been playing like trash and they didn't get better. Uh Uh-huh. And see, look at they just won there, and then the the night before, uh, Lauer pitched well, yeah. and they were in the game, and it was let's see how uh, this tweet holds up after uh, after the weekend. Well, uh, they uh, lost they, two they, out of three, so lost. the
0: tweet got deleted. The, oh, couldn't stand by the tweet. I,
1: I literally scrolled through all of the tweets from last Thursday till today, Man. and it wasn't popping up. So, so I guess it didn't uh, it didn't fare well because said person deleted it man
0: uh, i have some interesting stuff in the brewers today we have some very interesting stuff on major league baseball today or actually just in general liar liar pants on fire look at the landscape of sports and we're looking at right you now what fernando tartis jr we won't we won't say exactly what yet we'll let it marinate here but start thinking of the biggest lies in sports because what we see unfolding right one now, might be a brewer it's definitely is going to be a Brewer. <laughs> it's definitely going to be a Brewer. What we see unfolding right now with one Padres player is absolutely hilarious. This is absolutely hilarious. Now, this news broke. Uh, was this on Friday or Saturday? One or the other. Um, That Fernando Tatis Jr. And this is Friday, right? Friday I night. Yeah, because yeah. we didn't get to talk about it on air because I was gone yesterday. Fernando Tatis Jr., The news broke Friday night that he would be suspended 80 games for testing positive for PEDs. He then comes out to say, comes out, came out to say. He comes out to say. He comes out to say, meh. And I says, Mabel. I says, (laughs) I says, Mabel's, I says, I was taking, this is Fernando Tessie Jr. I was taking ringworm cream, and the ringworm cream had a banned substance in it that I didn't know. And that's why I tested positive for PEDs. Now, boys, I immediately, because Rowdy's like, what kind of ringworm cream is this guy taking? Yeah, we so went off on it. <laughs> I immediately, this was in our little DM group. I immediately went, uh, I just typed in a ringworm cream. And the first thing that popped up. Lotrimin AF, probably. First thing that popped up, I sent you guys the ingredients. Yeah. In the ingredients list, there's only $30 for a tube of this ringworm cream. You could have got it on Amazon Prime, got it in two days. Hell, you could have gone to the Walgreens and got it. Yeah. Right then and there, or had your assistant go get it. Ooh. I looked at the active ingredients on the list. Nowhere mentioned the substance that got him banned. I have to find the exact sub- substance again. Chlor, chlor, chlor. It starts with a C. I'll so find it.
1: I looked up some of like, like you did, like Clostra that, right? ball. Clostra ball. And so what I found
0: was. Just Terracel for $30.95.
1: That ingredient is in some of like yeah, that, that type too. of creams, but they're like the super potent. Like, you gotta like search hard for it. Being and being that, a guy, those are straight up. You
2: need a prescription for. Yeah, like a doctor writes his name on yeah. a piece of paper and says you have to go get this because your ringworm's out of control.
1: Being a guy yeah. that's wrestled, obviously you've seen ringworm. Yep. I've had it one time. Yep. I've had
0: I've had ringworm as well.
1: All I'm saying is the I'll overwhelming majority of true ringworm cases, you don't need something no, like a, that strong. You, you get Lotrim and AF.
0: Like, just go to Walgreens or whatever you buy again, and you put it on, it's gone.
1: Back to the wrestling side. There's there's ringworm, and then there's something called impetigo, which is oh. way I've had that worse. too. Way disgusting. Shower you dirty.
0: Yeah, you're dirty. It's, by the way, impetigo is on your skin at all times, 24-7, 365. If your cut does not heal fast enough, it can get in. And like the thing is, that's is, that's bad. That's like that's that's something
1: you're going to need some strong stuff for. But if he's yeah. claiming yeah. I got a staph infection from it, but if he's claiming it's that it's it's days. ringworm, majority of those cases you don't need
0: no. anything close to what he's saying he was using. We've all, I mean, if if you grew up, which for all listening, we've all grown up in some way. Also, that I'm sure you've had ringworm one shape or like you may have got it maybe from a farm or you were wrestling or a wrestler or we, something. The stuff he says he was using, the available
1: stuff in the United States does not contain chlorestable.
0: Which is a banned substance for the PEDs here. It's not allowed in products
1: in the United States. It's like one of those, you know, where a lot of places outside of the United States don't allow things because the United States is lax on certain things. Yeah. This one's the other way around. Like Europe, it's all over the place. Sure. Like, he had to go out of his way to well, get he is, this. Well, he is from the Dominican.
0: Well, right. Fernando Texies like, Jr. says, it turns out that I inadvertently took a medication to treat ringworm that contained close to ball. I should have used the resources available to me in order to ensure that no banned substance were in that I took. I failed to do so. All you got to do is, I went to Amazon Prime. The first, like, 50 that pop up are all, like, 30 or less dollars and have none of that stuff in it. It's literally just ringworm. You can get a... Tiny tube of Loterman AF. It's like that's that it, you almost need one in your bag for wrestling season, just in case. <laughs> so, so it takes a twist here. This this we'll take a twist with the story as Fernando Tatis Senior throws his hat in the ring about mm. this. Uh, but when I got ringworm, it wasn't for wrestling, boys. I did not wrestle. But uh, in fifth grade, we had a in our classroom we had a pet rat.
3: Mm. In the
0: <laughs> Most common is wrestling and bovine. Well, well, check this out. Check this out. We had a pet rat. White, mm-hmm. A white rat. It was the classroom, whatever, pet. One day, there was a big ringworm outbreak <laughs> in, in class. class? <laughs> a lot of kids had ringworm. And immediately, a lot of people wanted to blame this rat. You dirty rat. You dirty rat. So what happened with the rat? Well, well if there was a ringworm outbreak... Uh, the, the one girl who was the epicenter of it all, who first had it, said she was playing with, Templeton was the rat, playing with, uh, I just remember the way name. All
3: from uh, yeah. Charlotte's Web.
0: Yeah. Playing with poor little Templeton.
3: Poor little Templeton.
0: And guess what happened to poor little Templeton? Got he me. was removed from the class, and I, I honestly don't know what happened to him. Just start uh, thinking about this. The worst lies in sports. Fernando Tatis Jr., Coming out saying that he had ringworm, and that's why he got popped for PED, suspended eighty games, and his dad coming out and said uh, the other day, yesterday, that Tatis Jr. got a haircut, and that haircut that he got led him to get ringworm. Therefore, then he had to go by the the ringworm stuff and put it on his head where he got his haircut, and that's why he popped. Weirdly
1: enough, when I thought of this, and I texted you last <laughs> night, and like I start brainstorming, like off the top of my head, what I. Could come up with. Yeah. Almost all of them revolved around the sport of Major League Baseball.
0: There's some college basketball in there, but yeah, mostly baseball.
1: And then I also came up with, and it's a niche sport, but it was really popular about 20, 30 years ago, cycling.
0: Oh, dude, Lance Armstrong? Oh, yeah. Well, I, just not just Lance Armstrong, like everybody. Yeah. <laughs> like anyone that finished in the top, whatever, they were juicing. Lance Armstrong was like threatening to kill like his teammates' family. And then wasn't it uh, his teammate Members that was
1: after him, Floyd Landis, that got popped and lied? <laughs> yeah, and did all that totally. Stuff. Yeah, those were the two cyclists that I could come up with.
0: Uh, I'm trying to think of college football. Well, Bobby Paterno and the remember when he was on that motorcycle? With well, pretty like a, much any of
1: the steroid guys from the '90s and early 2000s from baseball.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, what Pettit Pad- came out and said that he did it. Was he the only one?
1: He's the one that said I use HGH, I was dealing with a lot of injuries, I tried to get healthy, I shouldn't have done that, but and he that's what he got popped with. It wasn't yeah. steroids or anything. But you have the Clemens, you have the A Rods, Bonds, McGuire, Raphael. I mean you can go with Sammy oh, Sosa yeah. Sammy Sosa's got more than just one though. Like he's all those got, he's other got guys. Cork he's got the cork, cork bats. Bat. Sammy's got the cork bats. Or I mean his practice bats.
0: Yep. Oh, uh, oh, oh! Ryan Lochte, remember in the Rio Olympics where he where got he said robbed in the was, in the bathroom? Yeah, where he, was, where he was like held up by a I knife point. Remember, and robbed. I do
1: remember that. I didn't even think about. it. Turns that. out he was just out partying. Yeah, and gotten like <laughs> didn't he get in like some little scrap, some scrap or something? with like some
0: locals or something like that? And he blamed it on getting robbed at a knife point at Rio Olympics. Come to find out, he was just a douchebag and he's just partying. I forgot him. I now that you
1: say that, I remember that, but that's not one that. Pops up on my radar. I mean,
0: that was a big national, like, you know, to-do. Uh, th- there's this one. I have the Twitter pull-up at Zone Madison. Is the haircut and ringworm excuse worse than this one? The simple truth is that
3: I'm innocent. I've maintained my innocence uh, from day one, and ultimately uh, I was proven to be innocent.
0: You said innocent in, like, three See, times I- in one sentence. You're not. All right. Then he threw a guy under the bus, the, the, the piss tester guy. And then his life was ruined.
1: Shelf college football to 820 because I got a take on this. So the two of them, they're both bad, right? But what, what makes it worse? Is it worse with Tatis because Tatis came up with this just ludicrous and got the worst argument got that's just terrible. And it's like, it's almost so bad you just laugh and go, really? That's what you came up it's with? It's terrible. Or is Ryan Braun's worse because Ryan Braun had a little bit of like a storyline where he kind of could weave in this lie that would make sense because the, the guy broke
0: chain of command, the, Correct. Piss, the piss testers. So,
1: so technically when he broke chain of command, they could not take that sample and make it legit, even though it tested positive. Yeah. Like, so he had the ability to spin that lie, but does that make it worse knowing that he was using because I mean, it gets popped later. A, what is it? Roughly a year later. And then there's no chain of command broken. Like, yeah, he's clearly doing, you
0: got, you got busted.
1: But does that make it worse? Because he came up with a a manipulative story and he held the
0: press conference and did all of that stuff.
1: So it's not even like he came up with this outlandish, like hot. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. What? You know, just we'll, we'll chuckle and say, okay, you're still doing it. But his was like, his was very manipulative with a very complicated story that made sense. He had an
0: outlet. And it was the guy that didn't do his job correctly of taking this, you know, Ryan Braun sample with him to the lab. He, like, went home with it. Turned out he's a Cubs fan, too. So, I mean, Ryan Braun's like, okay, I can pounce on this. Tatis Jr. is like, yeah, I got ringworm. I should have checked it. And then his dad's like, well, he got a bad haircut that gave him ringworm. He should have checked it. And then there's this rowdy. Ryan Braun never went this far. Tatis Sr., his dad, says this. I don't think there was a reason to destroy the image of a player over something as minor as that. This is a catastrophe that has taken place, not just for Junior, but for all of baseball. Tatis Sr. then says, there are millions of fans who are going to stop watching baseball now because his son is out 80 games. Again, his dad proclaims there are millions of fans who will now stop watching baseball over Tatis Jr., being suspended for PEDs, do you buy that?
1: No, not <laughs> at all.
0: It just makes it look worse. The simple truth is that I'm innocent. I- so, which is worse, Tatis Jr. and the ringworm tale, or Ryan Braun denying and saying, "You know, I'm innocent"? See, this is a this is like a, a tale old as time
1: in Major League Baseball. You can go back as far as. Babe Ruth, who shot who shot himself up with sheep sperm, thinking yeah. that would give him more power yeah. when he's already the guy crushing 60 home runs a season. You can go back to Willie Mays admitting to taking amphetamines to help him hit the baseball, even though he was a great player. Yep. You can go back to the steroid era. You, What I'm getting at is you can go to this... To the 80s when uh, all of the amphetamines, 70s and 80s really became the popular. Like baseball, there has always been guys cheating or trying to cheat to get an edge forever. Yes. And always. Like Corey well, Marshall it's, it's said, sport. the chemists and the drug testers will catch you. But they're always going to be behind because there's always the newest and and nicest, uh, I guess, masking agents and everything. But you will be caught if you continue to do it and you don't stay ahead of the curve.
0: Back in the saddle again after a week's long vacation and rightfully uh, so undeserved. The one and only Grant Bills of the Wisco Sports Show.
3: Good morning. I-, I was expecting to get a, to get a rightfully deserved attached to that vacation. I was ready to defend myself after taking five days off. This is nice. This is nice. We're putting our guard down a little bit.
1: Grant's th- grant. So we had some reports. Now we could not get sources on this, but we had reports coming out about a okay. week and week and a half ago saying that this actually was a spur of the moment vacation because you really needed it after sure. Friday of the golf outing.
3: Well, well, I probably did need it after Friday of the golf. Definitely. Outing, but it wasn't a spur of the moment. It was, um, what a God, what a fascinating week I just had. Yeah, I it's nuts. One day I'm driving David Minoru's ass around in Edgerton, and then the next day I'm I'm in Montana. It, it was very bizarre. It, so it felt like a little bit of a world. We were
1: surrounded by Buffalo.
3: <laughs> some, some blind. Yeah, some, yeah the, some the blind. wildlife stayed the same from one day <laughs> to the next.
0: <laughs> one just was a little less vulgar than the other. Uh, Grant. Let me ask yeah. you. Uh, first of all, how was the vacation?
3: Oh, gentlemen, it looked oh, the beautiful. Fishing was excellent, as always. Yeah, it's 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 wild out there. It's easy to forget what day it is, and the time moves really. Fast. Well, literally wild. It's literally wild
0: out there, Grant Bills. You're with the, the roaming buffalo and the
3: the great plains. It's it's where the deer and antelope play, though <laughs> you know, out there. That's there are <laughs> antelope and deer playing all Correct. over the place, and trout to
0: catch. Um, Many
3: fish. Yeah. To catch My favorite part was probably we had three concerts um, in back-to-back-to-back nights. We were planning for months to do Billy Strings, which, Evo, <laughs> that's your boy. I know you've seen Billy Strings. He is good. Um, and then, so that was Tuesday, Wednesday. But Monday night, we got tickets like two weeks ago to this little pop-up uh, benefit show. It was uh, Mr. Bob Weir of The Grateful Dead and Mr. John Mayer, And it was this tiny little show with probably like 300 people. I saw that. And we were, like, we were like 10 feet from stage just hammering pbr tall boys listening to these guys play and it was um that was probably the coolest concert i've been to and unless my clout uh rockets to big unit levels anytime soon that's probably going to be the best seated in a concert i had for a while
0: how was billy strings by the way
3: dude i we were talking about it after the first show i don't know if it was what i expected or not so that dead and company like they massage your ears as a jam band. Billy Strings and his band, they just kick you in the teeth. Oh, yeah. And I'm standing he, And like, it's
0: an acoustic guitar he just wails on.
3: Ooh. Yeah. Cl- and um, so the second night of his show, to be really quickly, the bass player had a family emergency, so he had to leave. So the second night was way different. They did a bunch of bluegrass standards. And it was a little bit more laid back. And then in the second set, they brought a local Bluegrass band out, which opened for John and Bob on Monday, this band called The Kitchen Dwellers. So I got this Kitchen Dweller experience throughout the week. And that was really cool, too. So I'd say, like, a big difference from night one to night two. And that kind of made it extra fun. But at cool. least I will see him again. Evo, we should go sometime. If he's it sounds not like he didn't win you level. over, though.
1: Grant, I have a question, Dang. real quick. Yep, so you you were in Montana for all these concerts. Was there
0: still a Billy Strings shakedown? Yeah. Well, well, did the whole did the whole like burnt out hippies um, still follow him around, or was the tickets too expensive?
3: <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of bands, which looked like had been uh, following jam bands for decades. Yeah. You know what I mean? Burnt, all these burnt Volkswagen out old
0: hippies that just looked ugh, like they yeah. ran hard and put away wet. You can. Say,
3: I've never heard about the present. Uh, you, like a dog's waiting for them in the van after the show. They're just driving around. So bunch of There's like homeless looking country, kids.
0: But,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but any but There was a, a ton of vans. So any anyway, what was that?
0: Was it? Did they have any big nitrogen tanks on whippets?
3: Uh, No. Okay, the so it la- wasn't the, so the, the la- true Shakedown
0: Street did not follow them. <laughs> no, the,
3: the balloons, the balloons, and the the nitrous oxide. You could find that at a Dead and Co. show. I didn't see that at Billy Strings.
0: Oh, dude, it's um, you should have seen him in Madison, man. It was it was everywhere. Hey, Grant, let me ask oh, you before man. we get to. I, I want to save the Bloody Mary for the end because this. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I'm We're very. About, p- we have so much to talk about. I'm very yeah. perturbed right now. I did love this. I think you're perturbed. I'm perturbed. Rowdy's perturbed. 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 We're all perturbed. Hey, Mark Adonazio, <laughs> I laughed at your tweet. I'm going to give it the like right now. If, this is Grant Bills, uh, 10, 1021 last night. Oh, no. If the Brewers keep playing games like this at home, they're going to have to put suicide nets over the 400 sections. And then Grant follows it up a little later. Who are we kidding? Mark would never pay for that.
3: Yeah, he would. By the way, I was worried that that tweet was insensitive, but I thought it was so funny that I just sent it on you. <laughs> um, I, love, Grant, was- I
0: just liked it. Great tweet. Also, Grant, you no, had another you. tweet
1: from I believe it was Sunday where you tagged Ebo and myself talking about how you might finally oh, be coming yeah. over to the good side yes. about how it's time to
0: leave Le- some pitchers in. Yeah, Grant, your well, Twitter account, the buzz of the show today.
3: Well, you know, in that situation, yes. I don't think I'm as as across the board as you guys are on, on starting pitchers going deep into games, but Aaron Ashby 79 pitches. There's six innings. What are we doing? All right. This is is a million years old and he pitches nine innings the other
1: day. I have another question for you. And it is if you are truly on the good side. So also on Sunday, former friend, former friend of the Brewers, Drew Rasmussen had a perfect game through eight innings. He had 79 pitches going into the ninth. Would you have pulled
3: him? No, 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 God, no. Craig Thompson might be the only one in the world. who. No, Kevin Kevin
1: Cash has been known to yeah, pull people, but he even let him go.
3: Yeah. Well, what's funny is, he gave didn't he give up that leadoff double and then Cash told him immediately? He's like, oh, well, you had your chance. It's like, dude, he was at 90 pitches. He, he still should be able to finish. It's like the manager still wanted to still have that little bit of Thank power you. over the game. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Thank you. But really quickly, as far as the suicide nets last night, uh, we're playing a <laughs> We're playing a gig in on Alaska tonight, and I've been gone for the last week. So we practiced on Sunday night. and We were practicing last night, and I had the game on mute on the desk next to me while we were playing. The three of us, I was I was kind of not even watching. We were practicing, and the game still made me bored. And it was <laughs> it was like the third thing on my priority list last night. I just had it on, and I was still getting pissed at it because it was boring me.
0: Grant, for a second there, I thought you were going to say you're going to install suicide nets for your next show because you guys have been so out of you know practice and bad that people <laughs> are going to be jumping uh, off. But I'm, I'm glad that wasn't well, the case. Be-
3: Luckily, people can just leave. It's a free show, <laughs> so you, you can just get in your car and Luckily, leave. people can just You don't just need to make a statement. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, do it in between songs so it's, it's not a big statement during one of our shows. You, feeling about you the, can just
0: leave. I have feeling about the Brewers' chances, by the way, here, uh, of taking the NL Central.
3: Well, I remember after the trade deadline on my show, we were looking at the odds, right, and whatever the, the odds for the Central was. And at one point, the Cardinals were like plus 180, and then two days later, they were plus 160. And then at one point, they were plus 110. And now I've stopped looking because I kind of think this team is dead. Well, Grant, I said on my show looked... yesterday. Finish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We looked oh, yesterday, it and it
1: was minus 240. And now we look currently, it's minus 260, which means those implied odds are over yeah.
3: 75%. Yeah. I, I think depending on what happens this week. I said this on my show yesterday. We're going to do mostly Packers for the next couple of weeks. (laughs) No, we're not going to ignore the Brewers. We're going to keep an eye on them, but unless something changes drastically, I I think this team just kind of feels like it's dead and waiting for the season to be done. I I might sound really negative, but this is the feeling I get ever since the trade deadline, they, they feel kind of dead. Well, they're
1: four and eight since the Josh Hader trade.
3: Yeah. And they have that awesome week going into the deadline and they felt like they had maybe figured something out. And, and maybe that would have just been a blip on the radar, but it seemed like coming out of the All-Star break, they're playing hot. Everything was kind of coming together. Freddie Peralta and a couple more arms are coming back. And then they made the hater deal, and it sucked all the wind right out of the balloon. And they're kind of just... Yeah, right are Yep, right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Yel- maybe, maybe Yelich is addicted to whippets, because that's the only thing. Like, uh, it does kill brain bad. cells. Like, it kills
0: brain bad. cells. Don't do it. It kills brain cells, oh. Grant. Hey, Grant, oh, uh, well. really quick, I have a poll up here, a Twitter poll I just put up. Uh, which PED yep. excuse is worse, Ryan Braun just denying and saying he's innocent or Fernando Tatis Jr. saying he used medication for ringworm he got from a bad haircut?
3: Dude, uh, so the ringworm. Ryan Braun did it for the fans. He did it to stay healthy. So at least I, 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 I'm I, slightly okay with that, and that's my rationalization as a Bruce fan. <laughs> Dude, this <laughs> Tati story is wild. I saw that last week when I was on vacation, and I was thinking, shoot, I wish I could talk about this. Because that story's bananas, man. Well, it just got worse like, yesterday
0: with his dad coming out saying it was from a bad
3: haircut. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, imagine being a playoff contender, and you're expecting to get one of your best players back together with the team all year for the playoff run, and then he just doesn't come back. I, I can't imagine what that would feel like. Oh, wait, I can, because it happened to us with David Bakhtiari, but at least it wasn't because of steroids. Like, God, this is so dumb. It's, it's a wild story, and because of the Brewers and the Packers, we probably don't talk about it much on our shows, but... That story is nuts. I will say Tatis is worse. Like, ringworm, come on. From a haircut. Yeah. And it's almost ha- like... Doesn't a- he have long hair? <laughs> he got long
0: he got the dreads. It's the sides. He's got, like, the yeah. fade going.
3: How, how involved could that haircut have been to give him ringworm? Like, he's got dreadlocks.
1: Well, well uh, and that's the other thing that I brought up earlier, Grant. A lot of these high-profile guys, they go to, like, these, like, high-class barbers that are known for being oh, yeah. great at with hair, Right. It's like they got their own personal barber. You think this guy just has some uh, fungus-infested clippers that he uses on everyone? Yeah. The come fungus, the us. I would, I would
3: you, like to think no, but yeah. You you get a you can get a
1: haircut from like your 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 sister's friend's cousin who and it looks like they're oh, yeah. already dirty and you come away fine.
0: I want a picture of because yep. I want a picture of the hair because he's got you know you can fade it up a little bit on the sides uh, with the dreads he's got yeah. going. I want a picture of the ringworm where the bad haircut was. That's what I want. All right, yeah.
3: Grant. Yes. Speaking
0: yeah. of things that are bad, something that you, you and you and I think we've really grown a lot our relationship, Grant, ever since that golf outing. You know, you, <laughs> that uh, last week and a half, you've really, you've really. I mean, you were up high in my book. You've moved up even more pegs, Grant. It was well, it's,
3: a, that's because I've come. Uh, it's because I've come over to your side of all these boomer sports takes. the not, It's not boomer. Uh, you know, my <laughs> t- I have
0: a crusade against boomers all the time. i just. The, it's just yeah, the. Cor- it's just the correct and right sports take, but Grant. Yeah. Uh, Something we've always been in agreement on is the Bloody Mary. The anytime drinks, beautiful drink, everything about it's delicious. But there is this fine, delicate balance. Sometimes you can get a Bloody Mary that's a little left to be desired. Mm -hmm. On your vacation, you tweeted at me that you perhaps had the worst Bloody Mary in your entire life. I think I did. Tell
3: me more. Um, so first of all, a Bloody Mary is delicious, but if I'm, if I know that I'm getting a terrible Bloody Mary, I'd rather get something else. Correct. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather just get a light beer. I, I would do that. Yes. So we went to this bar in Bozeman. I leave the airport. We go to this bar in Bozeman. What's the bar called? Cool place. Um, I, well, I think it was called the cannery. I'm not 100%. The cannery? Cool bar. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. And where is they this? They the big, uh, uh, it's in Bozeman. Montana Big, uh, sliding. Yes. Montana. Yeah. in Montana. We're out, you know, I'm just, Bozeman, I'm Arizona, just covering Dakota. my bases. A, layover. Just, just covering my bases. Layover halfway. halfway. covering my bases. So we went to the cannery and I'm always judgmental of bars and other places. Cause Wisconsin just does it better than anyone else. Place is packed. It's prime day drinking and lunchtime. And this place also does food. And there's one person working and it's just this one bartender. And let's be real. Bartenders in other states, they're just a cut below what we have here. Correct. They're not superheroes like we have working in Wisconsin bars. Correct. So we asked, like, hey, can we get some Bloody Marys? And she's like, well, it'll take me a while, but sure. It's like, well, it's noon on a Saturday. You know what I mean? It's Bloody Mary time. A
0: long time to Well, be. anytime yeah, is Bloody Mary time.
3: Anything. I was going to say, she should be prepared at any time because it's an anytime drink, but especially at this time of day. I think the Bloody was spaghetti sauce oh, God. with a little Lowry's season salt and then a lemon, and a lime. Ugh. And it didn't come with beer chasers, which actually, Evo, wasn't the worst thing in the world because instead of getting a little chaser, I just got a huge bottle of PBR, which allowed me to choke down this Bloody Mary, and then I had a couple more PBRs. So it worked out. Oh, but, yeah, I, I thought of you in this moment because it was just it was just not up to snuff.
0: Grant, spaghetti sauce? That's what it tasted like. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it like
3: spaghetti sauce.
0: That's just spitting in the face of Bloody Mary herself. Oh, my God. <laughs>
3: Spitting in your face, really. Spitting in your face. Your
0: back. And spitting in yours. I know.
3: There's I nothing know. worse than a and bad I, Bloody Mary. I almost wanted to call you guys last Tuesday morning, even though I was on vacation. The problem was I didn't have service. The night before, I slept in the back of a truck. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't going to be good radio. But I wrote down all these notes over the last week because I'm like, I, I need to bring this up with Evo next week.
1: Sounds like you did make it to Shake Street. <laughs> shake <laughs> Shake down, down sleep down Street. street. <laughs> Sleeping in a truck. Slept
3: in a truck. I slept in a vehicle, so. I'd like to think of it as camping, uh, but it wasn't camping. It was it was squatting. Uh,
0: Grant, was I'm gonna end uh, the segment <laughs> with uh, a little Billy Strings. Dust in a Baggy. What a song! Good song. Grant, we good love good you, buddy. Song. We'll check it out tonight, four to six. Right, my brother, and I hope you go to Dells. They're in beautiful Lacrosse, and get a proper bloody marriage.
3: I should go in the middle of my work day today just to cleanse my palate. Yep. Um, I've cleared it with the, I've, I've cleared it with the
0: powers that be. It's all yours, brother.
3: <laughs> Thank you, gentlemen. See Have great. an excellent See day. You. Thanks See for you. having See me back. as
0: always. All right, there it is. Grand Bill's Wisconsin Sports Show. Your Wisconsin Badger football team. AP top twenty five dropped on us yesterday the way too early preseason ranks. And your Wisconsin Badgers sit at number eighteen. Yeah,
1: and I looked at this, and it, it makes kind of sense, right? We know they're going to have a really good defense. We know their offensive line is going to be upgraded. We know what they have coming back at running back. The real question marks are the receivers, tight ends, and once again, it's Graham Mertz, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're seeing a lot of flashes from the young receivers. Tight end is still a big question mark, and then Graham Mertz, how good can he be? So I get that they come in in the upper teens. Wouldn't have been surprised
0: if they were in the 20s,
1: yeah. but I think they're somewhat, they're so, somewhat so, close
0: to being right. Let me, let me read the list to you, Rowdy, and you can react to it. Uh, number one is Alabama. Makes roll, sense. Rotad Makes sense. Does anyone going to question that? There's only one team in my mind
1: that you could argue maybe should be number one over Alabama, and that is? Ohio State at number two. Yes, those are clearly, in my mind, the best two teams in college football. Uh, Coming in at number three, Georgia. Can't argue with that either. Georgia, I know they lost a lot on that defense, but let's not forget it was arguably one of the best defenses in college football history, statistically, and they always reload and have great defenses at Georgia. Clemson, number four. Makes sense. Once again, recruiting at a high level, bringing back a ton of players. Dabo Sweeney's been good. Uh, Can't question it.
0: Up next on the list, will they or won't they join a conference? Maybe the Big Ten, number five, Notre
1: Dame. Again, they had one of their best recruiting classes. It's a team with a new coach, but it sounds like they love the guy. They play hard for the guy. They were ecstatic that he was the one that got hired. I can't. Was Rudy no, offsides? And we, we know also, <laughs> also we know that, uh, Notre Dame plays more of a favorable schedule. Gets to get to pick and choose. Yep. 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 Coming in at number six out of the sec, the
0: Aggies, Texas a and
1: a team that's bringing back a lot of, of players. Plus let's not forget that they, uh, did shell out a lot of money as there was some bad blood between Bama and, uh, yeah. Texas A&M and brought in the best recruiting recruiting class. I I can't argue with anything in the top six so far.
0: All right. Coming up next out of the Pac-12, the Utes of Utah, number seven. Utah has been really sneaky good lately.
1: And obviously the head coach is back. Their quarterback is back. Really, the only guys that they're losing is their running back, middle linebacker, and their slot receiver slash special teamer, which all are good. But you have to remember, they play in the Pac-12. They're a physical team in the Pac-12. They're going to be good again.
0: Yep. Up next on the list, this man is a lunatic on the fringe. Mr. Harbaugh and his Michigan Wolverines, number eight. Michigan's going to be good again. I mean, look at, they lost, what, Aiden
1: Hutchinson. They lost some good defensive players, but again, they're going to be really good.
0: Yeah. All right, Rowdy, then. (laughs) Number nine, the Oklahoma Sooners out of the Big 12.
1: Again, lost their coach. Riley went to USC, but they bring in the D.C. from Clemson. Really respected. Again, they recruit highly. It's a team that still has a lot of talent. All right. I, I, I'm, I think they're not, the top nine is is solid.
0: Running out the top 10, though, would be the Baylor Bears at number 10.
1: Former friend Dave Aranda, now there, yep. seems to be getting the most out of his players. Recruiting well seems to be ticking up. And again, they play in the Big 12, which isn't the greatest conference anymore, and they've been really competitive. i uh, Maybe that's the first one you might question. Maybe it's a little high, but I don't really have that big of an argument.
0: Coming out in uh, out of the top 10 and number 11, they have more jerseys that they'll wear than they do games played. The Oregon Ducks. Mario Cristobal
1: signed an extension there. They recruit at a high level for a Pac-12 school. Again, they play in the Pac-12. In my, in my opinion, in the Pac-12, it's... Utah, Oregon, and then maybe we'll see what USC can do.
0: All right, this man right here, Rowdy, coming in at number 12, the Mullet. Party in uh, business in the front, party in the back. Mike Gundy's Oklahoma. And this is
1: another thing. Big 12 isn't that tough. You look at the Big 12, and it's got Oklahoma, it's got Baylor. Oklahoma State had a really good defense last year. By the way, they tried to cancel
0: Mike Gundy once for wearing a t shirt, and he was uncancelable. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, S- some like, big fat guy on Twitter told me that I was an unathletic white guy and could have no opinion about someone wearing a t shirt, by the way. Remember that? <laughs> I'm, Gundy, like, you,
1: I'm like, did you own mirrors You're 300? Gundy brings back their quarterback. That was good. They had a really good defense where a lot of the guys are returning and they play in a week pack 12. They'll have a good record.
0: I said, there's different types of shirts to wear in different occasions. There's a fishing shirt. There's a mowing the yard shirt. There's a going out shirt. You know, there's different shirts. Rowdy, number 13, North Carolina state of the ACC. I
1: think, I think this one surprises people, but I know on a lot of experts lists and radars NC state was returning a ton of players and they're kind of like the dark horse team to watch. But for me, it's well, NC state, have they ever really been that good? Let's see if they can prove
0: it. Yeah, USC is number 14.
1: This is more of a, what can uh, Riley get out of his first year at USC? They did pull a lot of transfers, Caleb Williams being one of them. They did recruit well, but it's a team that still has a sketchy offensive line and still needs to recruit more talent for the average. USC team.
0: Yep. Uh, this guy once was a recruiter for Wisconsin on this next list. Uh, he is the apple of Ben Kenny's eye. That would be Saad Sharif. He is now with the Michigan State Spartans uh, who uh, got some good recruiting. They come in, Rowdy, at number 15.
1: So. Yeah, and I think uh, less a, less a Khalif, more of Mel Tucker. I think that was a good hire, but it might be a little early for Michigan State being that high in my opinion, and the reason being is Mel Tucker, oh, yeah. said
0: so Khalif. That's what it was. Sorry, excuse me.
1: Mel Tucker was kind sorry. of sorry, Ben. He was screwed over by uh, D'Antonio. Remember, man. he stayed long enough through the recruiting period and didn't really recruit so that he collected his like pension bonus and then said, peace out. Uh-huh. Mel Tucker was not able to recruit that season because most of the recruits had already signed, so he was handicapped there. Now he gets one, one what, one, two years. I think it might be a little early for Michigan State and the fact that they play in the Big Ten East. Yeah, you got to compete with Ohio State, Michigan, Penn it's State. Tough. It's tougher than the West. 16th, the U. Miami. This is every year. Turn over
0: chain my F and A, Rowdy. This is
1: every year. When has the U really been back since the mid two
0: thousands? It hasn't, but like yes, Texas is they recruit well. That seems way too high for me. And above Wisconsin, Wisconsin sitting at eighteen, above Wisconsin number seventeen. Pitt. Pittsburgh. This what? this is my biggest gripe. <laughs> Pitt
1: lost a Heisman caliber quarterback. So do you think they're gonna be any better at quarterback?
0: Uh, unless they have a Heisman winner quarterback, but no.
1: And that's not in the pipeline. Uh They lost one really good receiver to the NFL, and I think they might have lost another one. Do you really think that all of a sudden that a team like Pitt that is known for being more of a defensive run the football team is going to be able to replace a really good receiver at that type of a level? Yeah, no. We know that since they like to run the football and play gritty in the trenches, they'll have good offense and defensive lines. But that quarterback guru... Their offensive coordinator, yeah, he's moved on. He's gone. The guy that worked with Kenny Pickett, so they don't have the Heisman quarterback. They don't have their OC. He moved to Texas to be the offensive coordinator. Welcome. And uh, you look, you look at Pittsburgh. This is a team under uh, Narduzzi that hasn't ever won more than eight
0: games. So they're not going to be a real doozy. this I, I year? I tweeted
1: this out when Bill said when Bill originally tweeted this yesterday. I go, Bill Pittsburgh. Bill Michaels. Oh, oh, Billy. I go, Pittsburgh will not win
0: more than eight games. I don't see them winning nine. The king on here, maybe a future bet, says Pitt will win nine games this year, says the king.
1: Okay, Price is right, me king. Though I smell a bet.
0: And then I'll just finish out the uh, top 25 here. Wisconsin 18, Arkansas uh, Razorbacks 19. Had a really good
1: season last year. I know they did lose some players like Traylon Burks, but they should be solid. Kentucky 20. Stoops, he's kind of built that program up from nowhere and they're they're a solid gritty team the running rebels the old miss 21 obviously the lane train lane kiffin is there and that team has good offense they did a really good job recruiting and the the portal this year the
0: demon deacons awake forest this one i think
1: might be a little overblown i think the ACC hasn't been great at football. Yeah, they're returning their quarterback, but the defense isn't great. Their receivers, I think they lost a couple of receivers. Can Cincinnati, I think that one's question mark.
0: Cincinnati, can they capture some magic they had of making that big run? They're 23rd.
1: That's the other one that's a question mark. You lose uh, Desmond Ritter, who was a Heisman candidate. Ritter. You lost your top two wide receivers.
0: I don't know if that'll be
1: that easy to replace. Houston twenty four. Don't have much of an opinion on it. Is BYU
0: going to be PU this year, 25?
1: They get a lot of older, more physical players just due to a lot of Mormon missions. <laughs> Maybe they'll be all right. I don't have much of an opinion on Houston or BYU. I mean, that's the bottom of that list going to change a lot. But I do think there is a handful of teams that
0: are very questionable.
1: Others they should be votes. on that list.
0: Tennessee got some, Texas got some, Iowa got some, Penn State got some, Minnesota's up there, Purdue. I do think
1: the, the list is pretty well Air Force. correct if Texas isn't in the top 25.
0: Yeah, Texas got a first place vote for the coaches poll. Was that last week? That's
1: just dumb. <laughs> what? If you did not vote Alabama or Ohio State as your one and two teams, you should never be able to
0: vote again. <laughs> preseason game for the Green Bay Packers on Friday as they are in uh, joint practices with the New Orleans Saints. Coming off the pup list, Elton Jenkins, Big Bob Tunyon, Christian Watson, and always well, he's always 100% available. Never on the pup list. Our guy, Mike Clemens. What's up, Mike?
2: It's happening, Ebo. Saints got into town last night, and so they have their first joint practice coming up here in about an hour and a half from now.
0: Oh, when the Saints come into town Mike feels good doesn't it these joint practices man um usually sometimes they get a little chippy uh the the man the floor does Matt LaFleur care for obviously he's doing it this year did he do one when's the last time they did a joint practice was it Mike McCarthy who didn't care for him I'm trying to remember the the coaches who don't like these
2: yeah well uh Mike Sherman did one um you know 20 years ago and some fights broke out it was against the Buffalo Bills the, the front office likes it because it, like, draws more fans, yeah. you know, to, to, to Green Bay and to the pro shop and, and whatnot, the vendors around town. Uh, but when Matt LaFleur took over in the summer of 2019, he said, yeah, we're going to do a joint practice with a team that he had worked with uh, for, yeah. the Texans. And so day one, uh, he's out there, and Jace Sternberger is running <laughs> across the field. And a kid named Lonnie Johnson, who had a rep, you know, when the Texans picked him up of, as being a hard hitter, creamed him. Just, yeah, just I remember that. Yeah, helmet shot. Decleated him. And uh, that was the beginning of the end for Chase Sternberger out of Texas A&M, <laughs> who I always thought was kind of a weak choice. Uh, and then Johnson got into another scuffle, and then a fight broke out. Yeah. Now, yesterday, one of the rare times where um, – You know, it's not like we're hanging around talking to Matt LaFleur. It's a little more like the White House. You know, he comes into the press room, he takes questions, and then he's off, you know, solving world problems. But yesterday, um, I was at practice early, and he just kind of wandered my way. And so I had this little chat with him. And then one of the things I said to him was, So, you excited for tomorrow? You know, meaning the joint practice. And he looked at me and he says, I just don't want any fights. I just don't (laughs) want any fights. Because I think he worries about injury. Yeah. And you know when like the Cowboys and the Broncos recently had uh, some joint practices, you know they had like a half dozen pushing and shoving and you know football camp fights. And I just maybe the organization think that's that's kind of a bad look too or something, you know, and, and going viral in the national media. Yeah. But I said I said Matt, I've told you this before. When he was coming in his first year as coach, and then. That the the you know guys like Bakhtiari and others got into this uh, punch out. Of, well, there's 20 guys on top of each other at that at that joint practice fight in summer of 2019. When I got in that locker room, and the minute they let us in, Devontae Adams and I mean all the veterans they were yelling and saying we're not taking that. I mean were, it galvanized the Packers locker room. It brought those guys together, and it also made me realize what had been missing perhaps the last couple of years with Mike McCarthy there, and I mean, th- that team was juiced, and they ended up going out there and pulling off the upset and beating the Bears, yeah. you know, and going 13-3, and and away we went, so, you know, and so Lafleur was kind of like, yeah, whatever, <laughs> <You know? laughs> but so the other news, like I heard you talking about in the update, too, is getting these players back. He announced on Sunday, and I find this kind of strange that you know, is it a medical uh, decision? Is, is a little bit of football And Because how do three kneels, knees, you know, a, yeah. a scope and two ACLs, suddenly all heal on the same Sunday? But whatever, they put Elton Jenkins back out there. They put uh, uh, Robert Tanyan, two guys with ACLs, and Christian Watson. Now, yesterday, Sunday afternoon and yesterday, we watched them do a jog through, about 50% running through plays. But Watson caused a, a nice... Post forty-five yards downfield, you know, to have some chemistry going with Aaron Rodgers, and I asked Lafleur after he made that announcement. I said, "Wow, you know, I was kind of blown away that Elton Jenkins is actually back in nine months." I said, "That's kind of amazing, isn't it?"
4: Yeah, I'd say so. I think Elton's uh, done everything that everybody's asked him to do, and in regards to the rehab process, and he's been super disciplined and he's putting the work in, and now he's. That, that'll be a bit, big boost when he is fully cleared to help us out because there's not too many guys that are, number one, as talented as he is but are also as versatile as he is. I mean, we can put him anywhere on that line. Shoot, we probably could line him up at tight end. Maybe we will. I don't know. Yeah. You guys want to write a story about that? <laughs> yeah,
0: I think Ben had called Elton Jenkins the best pick Ryan Gutekunst had had not too long ago. But Mike, let me ask you this one: the one guy not, sorry, the one Mike, the one guy not on the list that coming off the PUP list, David Bakhtiari is like. Are we still kind of just like him living his nightmare, and us left wondering
2: what's going on? It's an awkward moment to be sure, Ebo. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's Elton back on the field taking reps with the team. Now he won't be, you know, in shoulder pads and in contact today. He'll be these both Watson Tanyan. These guys are—they're going to be limited over the next week, two weeks, three weeks, you know, up to yeah. to see if they're ready for the opener. But they're back on the field and practicing. And there's Bakhtiari still on the PUP, Man. a year and a half later. Let's let's give him the benefit of the doubt. No two ACL injuries are the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may have had more damage or different damage, and he's also had three surgeries. Uh, how he went about treating that knee, you know, that remains to be. Uh, for some yeah. netflix documentary i guess but uh and so so lafleur dropping that yeah maybe he can play tight end because they were i think they were pretty disappointed by this tyler davis that the number 84 that they were high on that they former quarterback big kid um some of the drop passes maybe some of the missed blocks or missed assignments friday night against the 49ers so they went out and signed another tight end yesterday nate becker Who's six foot five, two hundred and sixty four, and he's had some time with the Lions, the Bills, and the Panthers. They picked him off a of waivers yesterday, but says, you know, Tunyon's not a hundred percent, and obviously they don't feel right about what they've got at tight end right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, that seems to be an issue.
0: Yeah, um, Mike Clemens joining us right now. So, Mike, um, I'm I'm trying to think of like all the issues with the Green Bay Packers, and one that I was concerned about was, you know. The wide receiver room, and now what you know mentioned in the update, and you talking about guys coming off the POP list. What's it like knowing that we have Christian Watson coming back now for practice?
2: Well, you know, it's it, that's the big promise. That's the guy that they invested in and traded up for in the in the second round, and um, you know he looked pretty smooth. He's he's way behind, uh, but you know the thing about him is the height, the hand up in the air, and the speed, and. So I asked him yesterday, um, I said, you know, you said during OTAs, when he was going through OTAs and, and and then the mini camps, that we were talking about he's learning the playbook and he's learning what uh, Coach Jason Vrabel, the great wide receivers coach they've got. And I said, so how's that coming along? He said, you know, actually, we had a thing today where they called a play, we had a formation, and Coach, you know, blew the whistle and said, wait a minute, you know, you're lined up in the wrong spot. And he's like, okay, you know, you're looking at the iPad, you're sitting in a meeting, but it's not until you actually line up on the field and make a mistake is when you, when you really learn about things. And so I said, is that still true, you know, that, that when you make a mistake, that's when you're actually learning as a rookie?
5: Yeah, no, I mean, that's very true. I mean, I had, a, uh, you know, a conversation with 12 earlier today. Um, he was kind of, you know, telling me about that before, you know, he's going to be hard on me uh, just you know, make the mistakes now so they don't happen, uh, you know, during the season. So, you know, just be able to go out there and obviously, you know, learn from those things, but, you know, also, uh, you know, have the positive things as well. Um you know it's positive and you know negative reinforcement and, you know i'm just excited to go out there and you know make those mistakes and learn from those things and just get back on track so christian when you're a young receiver coming back from a knee injury what do you do for your hands do
2: you work with the jugs machine to keep catching the football do you work with maybe a quarterback like danny Etling catching passes
5: oh uh, yeah i mean it's really just you know catching as many balls as i can um you know, jugs, you can only do jugs with the helmet on. So, I mean, you know, being able to get the helmet on today, you know, and get back on the jugs is really big for me. You know, jugs are, you know, I love doing jugs, you know, pre-post practice. That's something that's, you know, big for me, been big for me recently. So, you know, I'm excited to go out and get on the jugs. But, I mean, it's just catching as many balls as possible. I mean, in pre-practice before, I was just, you know, catching balls with our assistant wide receiver coach, you know, simulating routes even though I wasn't able to run them. And really just, I mean, try to sneak it in wherever I can because obviously I'm not getting those live reps.
0: I mean, I don't blame him. I love drugs too, Mike, especially that machine. But there's nothing better than getting out there for some live ammo, right? Now he's finally cleared off that list.
2: we learned from that, though, was what he said one day he was out there catching passes and, you know, didn't have a helmet. He's just in, you know, t T-shirt and shorts. He's an injured guy recovering from knee surgery. And he heard Kurtz yelling from across the field. <laughs> hey, get off of there. <laughs> what? Because apparently it's their policy. If you don't have a helmet on, you can't take those footballs, however fast they come out of there, off the jugs machine.
0: I mean, are these jugs just shooting at you like at, at like Mach ten coming at your face?
2: Mark? Yeah, you know you've you've seen the machines, the two oh, big like rotating wheels, right? Yeah. So so, uh, Christian told me after the you know the the herd went away. He said, yes. Yeah. so on that day he ran into the building and he looked at his locker and, you know, Red Batty had taken his helmet because, well, oh, you're on the PUP? Well, I will take your helmet, sir. Because you know? <laughs> some of these guys are nuts, all right? they, they Actually, most of these football players, they, they'll put their helmet and pads on and try and sneak into practice. They're that desperate to play. But if you're on the PUP, that's not going to happen. Yeah. And so Red Bull will go hide your helmet He'll go lock it up. So he couldn't use the Jugs machine all that time. Now the, this is funny because the Jugs machine became quite a big deal when it was like August third. They did some special teams, and you can't wear out your punter, so you you change that thing, set the settings from passing to punts, and they couldn't get the ball to turn over on punts, and it was coming out wobbly, and and so it, it looked like it made the special teams period look kind of bad. And so Lafleur was asked about this. It was a couple of weeks ago. You know, uh, you know what was happening with that jugs machine shooting punts.
4: Well, oh, we're in the market for a new jugs machine. So if anybody has <laughs> has one out there, uh, you know, they want to donate or put whatever price tag you want on it. I really don't care. We have to get a new jugs machine because I've never seen anything like that. <laughs> that thing was ridiculous. I've seen jugs like I these. mean, it, it was, huh?
2: What
4: was it doing? Did you not watch it? It looked like the wind was Oh, it was awful. You couldn't get the ball to turn over, and it's, I mean, it's damn near impossible to catch. So, um, yeah, that was not the finest hour for our equipment staff. LaFleur's
0: got some jugs on the brain. Yeah, and Mike, should we be concerned with
1: Christian Watson? And what I mean is... He's a kid that profiled as a ton of ton of athletic ability, high ceiling, but he did have questionable hands, and now they won't let him go out and catch passes from the jug machine without a helmet. I don't know right. if this is something we should question with his hands.
2: Well, you know, I actually had the chance then to talk to one of the coaches about, you know, is this LaFleur policy, is this NFL policy, you know, whatever. But it, it's whatever, the rookie's out. It's policy, if you're on the PUP, you can't. You don't get a helmet, and if you don't have a helmet, you can't work with that machine. But So yesterday, I was one of the first ones into practice, and it's like, what is this? And it looked like a robot on the sidelines, and it's something called a monarch seeker. And so <laughs> I took a picture of it, and I put it on my Twitter account, which is Mike Clemens NFL, and the next thing... <laughs> I know. There's about 15 other reporters from around the state, and one network guy, that come running out to the field and all circle around it. And I'm, meanwhile, I was over there talking to this rep. There was a rep there and the two guys had actually developed. Look at that thing. And you know, the fact is, these jug machines, they're 50 years old, right? And so these it's guys old jugs. said, wait a minute, there's a, there's a, yeah, old jugs. That's a magazine, isn't it? I think anyway, they're kind of
0: hanging a little low, Mike. Thank looking you. at the picture.
2: Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. So there's this brand-new machine out there, and it's state-of-the-art. It's um, the, the one thing that's pretty cool about it is it can throw right-handed and left-handed. How oh. about that? Oh, hey. Clockwise hey. and counterclockwise. Oh, hey. look at that. If you can
1: catch a left-handed quarterback's pass, you can catch anything, Mike.
2: Right. Um, they got left-handed footballs? The, the, thank you, Brett Farris. Um And the other thing is it's got all these settings on it. So you could set it to... You know, any quarterback in the NFL, they they put in data that they get off film study and arcs of footballs and those kinds of things. It's, it comes a receiver that wants to work out with like a Christian Watson. Yeah. to put this little pager on it, and the thing's got flashing lights that are like a snap. You know, it can it can simulate that the ball comes out in under two seconds like a particular quarterback? It they lease in it for forty grand, and and the the Packers are the first NFL team to try one out. Although I found out that. Adrian Amos, the safety, he got a prototype that he's been working out with at home. So, anyway, that was the big story yesterday. Mike, we I, the Monarch
1: 3000, whatever it's called, this, you know, the super. Seeker. The, the seeker, seeker. The Monarch Seeker. It sounds like it's so high tech and so official that it probably, if we want to really test these wide receivers and their catch radius, they might want to turn it into a left handed Alex Hornibrook setting. Because <laughs> if they can catch that, then they got a hell of a radius and they, they're they really <laughs> on to something.
2: Good point. Yeah. You know, actually, Johnny Gray was out there. You know, he's a broadcaster up here. He was a safety in the 70s. I said, yeah, if you need a wobbly pass, they said it to Billy Kilmer. That's a, that's a 50-year-old joke. <laughs> Thank you. Try the veal. Dude, so, sh- so the Saints are here, and, you know, there's some guys. Let's see, Zach Bond the a Badgers yeah. linebacker. He got drafted by them a couple of years ago. I remember talking to him at the Combine. And, you know, the, the, these are some, Dennis Allen's longtime defense coordinator. Sean Payton decides to retire because he's going to take Mike McCarthy's job in Dallas, I think. <laughs> uh, and then there's uh, you know there's some good football They're getting Michael Thomas back from the ankle surgery from last year. Uh, and so the Packers will have their hands full. Now, Jameis Winston has this weird uh, sprained foot, and he's sort of disappeared in the last week. Hmm. Um, and, you know, now there's all kinds of speculation. It's worse than that the Saints are letting on and that the Saints are already working on a deal to bring – you know Jimmy G from San Francisco to trade here, blah blah blah. But anyway, Jameis Winston was asked about Taysom Hill. Now, Taysom Hill is the guy who was like a third-string quarterback, and in Packers camp in 2017, he was the guy that looked like you know he should be the win the backup job. But instead, they went with what, Joe Callahan, and they drafted Brett Hundley and. Oof. They went through Deshaun Kaiser. Senator Wallace you know. was there, too.
3: The yeah, room was you know,
2: exactly how Mike McCarthy no wanted league, it. Right? Yeah. You know, Tim Boyle, who's now with the Lions. But, you know, Taysom Hill, and, and the point was this. this is, and Ted Thompson was relieved of his duties six months later. It, it, it wasn't that the Taysom Hill could have been the next quarterback behind Aaron Rodgers, but why didn't the Packers see, just judge this guy as an athlete? Because he's ended up being a great special teams player, for Sean Payton. So th- that was the point. is The Packers missed on a great athlete rather than cut him and think they could put him on the practice squad, and Sean Payton signed him. So Jameis Winston said, now that you guys have brought in Andy Dalton as your backup, and he'll probably be taking most of the snaps this week, um, how's Taysen Hill doing in changing from quarterback to tight end?
3: when you have players like Taysom that literally can do anything that you want them to do like you just got to trust in him that that he's going to do his job right and having him in a quarterback room and then him going to, to catch, you know, passes last year like I knew he was going to do his job so when a guy works like that right like think about his his rehab like he got hurt the last game and he came back he's back out there with us now out there balling right so when you got special guys like that man you just got to you know cater to them right whatever they need whatever they want uh, you know that they, they're going to be doing the right thing at the right
0: time. I think a lot of Packer fans, Mike, are now uh, having some PTSD, thinking about the time they did cut, you know, Taysom Hill. I, there's a, a a camp still not over it. They can't get over the fact that Taysom Hill is now a Saint.
2: Right, and people get on Twitter say, you know, you guys are overreacting. Taysom Hill's, a, you know, a less than average quarterback. That's not the point. He's an athlete. He's 32 years old, and the Saints still want him on special teams as a tight end, as a gadget guy, whatever. You know the Packers had that guy, and a smart player as well, and he's better than all those other names that I just just rambled off. So, the the Packers need to get down to eighty five. I think they're one or two players short of getting there. Cole Madison was a guy that they were or, uh, Schneider was a guy out of Central Florida that they were looking at. They had on their first depth chart as the number one backup center behind Josh Myers. He got an ankle high, it looked like a high ankle injury. Couple weeks ago, he got the boot off over the weekend, but he got the boot yesterday. He was cut by the team. Oof. Randy Ramsey was a. they His nickname was Rambo because he was a hard hitting guy. He
0: drew first blood.
2: Yeah, he was. A, he was a, a guy that they were hoping could be a backup outside linebacker. I heard the ankle snap ooh, ooh. last summer in camp ooh. as he got carted off, and it must have been really bad because it just seemed to take months and months. And then he tried to come back. At the start of this camp, then I saw him go down with another injury. Mm. He hasn't been available to talk. He was released yesterday. So those are some of the kinds of moves that you know, they've made to get down to yeah. the 85. But here's the other quick thing on offensive line. Jake Hansen uh, is in his third year with the Packers, and you know they started running him with the ones at right guard, but uh, he had two penalties and some boneheaded mistakes against the 49ers. And so Sunday morning when they bring Elton Jenkins back, they, pu- they put Jenkins at right tackle. They moved Royce Newman back from right tackle to right guard. You got Josh Myers up front, John Runyon at, at left guard, and, and for now, Josh Nyman. The good news in that, that change, that makes Jake Hansen now your backup center now that they just cut that Schneider guy. The good news is this. This says that if El- they want Elton Jenkins taking reps at right tackle, that means that they think. Bakhtiari will eventually be back
0: oh the
1: left tackle. Oh, okay. Mike, do you know if the reports are true that once Randy Ramsey got cut, a.k.a. Rambo, that there were some loud screaming or conversation coming out of the GM's office saying, nothing is over? <laughs> that's, <I think laughs> that's a Rambo quote.
0: Oh, God, Jesus. Mike, it's called Ending on a High Note right yeah. there. We I love you, Mike.
2: I was drunk in the theater when that movie came <laughs> out. So I, I I, maybe I was getting popcorn. He stuff. drew first blood. We love you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> Do you watch that once a week or something, Wrong. You're what? Right.
1: I am kind of a Sylvester Stallone guy. He's not, a, he's not an Arnold guy, though. wrong with that. Doesn't nothing care for Arnold,
0: though. That. Mike, we love you, though. Follow Mike Clemens, NFL, on Twitter. Uh, my show, Grant's show, Bill show. Good stuff, Mike. Thank you, boys. See See you, buddy.